Hello everyone, hope your day's going well. I uh, got some rain last night, a little bit more today. Uh, not not enough, we're still in need of a bunch more, but we'll take what we can get and be thankful for it. So, um, last Wednesday was February 8th, and on our Wednesday night midweek class, uh, the passage of scripture we took a look at was 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through chapter 3, verse 6. Again, um, we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through chapter 3, verse 6. So I'll give you an opportunity. It would be best if you took a look at that, um, read through those verses, and uh, maybe press pause on your, on your phone or your player, whatever you have, and, um, and then we'll get back and talk about it just a, just a little bit. Uh, let's give you a little bit of time to do that. Okay, now the context of what's taking place here, um, Paul, we know um, by this time that Paul has recently had a painful visit to the church in Corinth. It did not go well, um, and as a result of that, he uh, wrote a letter to them, a one that we do not have uh, to this day, but it was a letter that he wrote with tears, with much anguish of heart. That was the beginning of chapter two we looked at last week, and um Basically, what it amounts to is he was very worried about this letter, instructing them of what needs to happen next, because he knew if he visited them again, it would not go well. So he instructed them to um, to discipline, and what I mean by discipline, church discipline, um, is what we're talking about here. Um, the man who had who had so uh, just so really vocally and aggressively opposed Paul while he was there, and uh, so he sent that letter in the hands of Titus. Uh, long story short, uh, Titus came back, let Paul know um, when they're in Macedonia that that the church in Corinth received the letter very very well. Um, they they kicked the man out of the church, and as a result of that, he repented. And as a result of that, we have Second Corinthians that we are reading now, where Paul will instruct them um, to welcome the man back into the church. The goal with any church discipline is repentance, and the man was repentant. He humbled himself, and Paul, part of this letter that we looked at recently that, that we call Second Corinthians, is Paul telling them to welcome that man back into the church. Okay, so... That's where we kind of left off with the first part of chapter 2 uh, last week. Now, here's the thing. Um, if you jump from chapter 2 all the way up to uh, about halfway through or just the first third or so of chapter 7, you'll see that you could skip chapter 2, verse 14, through chapter 7, verse 4, skip it completely and not miss a beat. Um, and what it amounts to is for several chapters worth of material here, Paul is going to chase a squirrel, um, and he's going to really, really epically chase a squirrel here, uh, and <laughs> it's kind of funny. He's pretty good at doing that, um, and what he's going to do while chasing the squirrel is kind of a comparison contrast between the agitation of mind that he was experiencing um, while he was awaiting the, the results of this letter that he sent by the hand of Titus, and he's going to con contrast that with the present relief and the peace that he has now because... Um, Corinth received that letter, the church in Corinth rather, received that letter well. So um, 
Paul will kind of chase this this squirrel here just for a little bit, and he he when he's chasing a squirrel, more often than not, the gospel is going to be a part of that. Again, the message of the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and how that changed everything in our world. Um, so a few things to look at as we jump into verse 14 here. Um, verses 14 through 17 uh, is phrased up by F.F. F. Bruce as the triumphal progress of the gospel, and um, Paul goes on to say that... that uh, we are being led by Christ in triumph, and um, that is a, that is an amazing thing. Um, everything about the gospel um, for God's people is is has the theme of of, of triumph. Um, Paul is going to run with this theme for a moment, and and I don't just think of victory here. Um, Think of this in terms in that day, there would be after after a great battle, uh, after even, goodness gracious, like a war, there would be, for the victors, there would be uh, probably the best thing that we could describe, wake we could describe, it would be a, a massive, beyond even hardly imagining, parade, um, especially in the capital of the nation, that in Rome, that would be the capital city of Rome. Um, a, a good example of this, actually, we talked about it in class just for a moment. Um, visual example of this would be, I don't know if you ever watched the movie Gladiator, uh, came out, um, goodness, about 20 years ago now, a little over 20 years ago, and there is a very epic scene in that movie where the emperor comes back to Rome after after a battle, actually it wasn't the battles that he won, but the battles that his father won, and just this amazing scene as as this, this pomp and circumstances, they come back into the capital city of Rome, and rose petals are flying in the wind, all of these different things taking place, and and uh, that, that is the type of scene that, that Paul would be describing here. And the messengers of Christ, meaning those who present the gospel in the world, they are joyful participants in this parade. And um, he talks, there's another on this, on this note, on this, this note of victory, this note of triumph, this triumphal procession. Um, he jumps into this theme along with that of, of you're going to read this in the next few verses, a sweet aroma or a, or a pleasant fragrance. Um, what this is referring to um, now, now sweet aroma, um, as is translated in the New American Standard, is in the Greek osme, and that is um, uh, the medicinal qualities in, in, of some ointments, healing ointments, and the, the fragrances that come from these. Um, and he says the sweet aroma is the knowledge of Christ. Now move on down into the next couple of verse, verses, and it talks a little bit, a little bit about a different type of, of perfume, and brings it in alongside this, this, this sweet aroma, and that is fragrance. In in the Greek, it's called euodia. Now this is this refers to the the perfumes that would be placed along the route of one of these triumphant processions. Um, so it's not only to be visually captivating, it's supposed to captivate the other senses as well. So as this as this parade makes its way through through the streets of the capital, you're gonna come and you're gonna it's almost overwhelming. This 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 fragrance, this smell is is almost overpowering. And um, here's the thing this aroma, this fragrance, for some who are a part of this procession, this is this is the fragrance of triumph, the fragrance of life. These are this is the triumph for the victors, whether it be the, the soldiers, the generals, whoever it might be, those who, this, this, they won. The, the, the result of that is they did not die. They, they, they live, and um, this is an incredible thing to them. Well, there are others in that parade, though, who are also smelling this same fragrance or aroma, and it smells nothing like life. It smells like death, um, 
and that refers to those who were captured in battle. And at the end of this procession, in that day and that time, now not always, but this would often take place, that there would be an execution of those who were captured in battle, especially when you're talking about the kings, the generals, the officers um, of the opposing army. So where you have some in this procession who these, these smells, this what they're experiencing is, is, is life. For others, it is death. And that's what Paul's talking about here. He says those who are preachers, presenters of the gospel, and here he's, he's kind of talking specifically about the, the capital A apostles, those who originally brought the message of the gospel, but they could also pull in those who preach the gospel as well, continue even to this day, that what they bring is is a fragrance of life to some, but it is an aroma of death to others. And it all depends upon, it all depends upon what is done with that message, whether it's accepted or whether it is rejected. And Paul goes on to say that we don't peddle the gospel. He says, um, and that peddling of the gospel, what it's referring to would be um, hucksters of the day or, or, or those who engaged in fraud, who would, who would water down goods um, for, the, for a higher profit. Um, and he says that that is not we we present the gospel with sincerity of heart. So that's this whole idea of triumphal the triumphal progress of the gospel. It all focuses on on the risen, the crucified and risen Jesus Christ. Now Paul moves on later into talking about his credentials as we move into chapter three. Um, there were those who, um, a, a letter of commendation, the, I, I guess probably what the best way we could describe that um, in our day and our time would be like a reference letter or maybe a resume, something along those lines. Um, there were those who had been sent from the church in, in Jerusalem um, prior to this time, but had been sent from the church in Jerusalem at, with, with letters of commendation, okay, letters that, that are acknowledging that they are legitimate, they come from the church. But there were some of those who brought those letters and took those to the Gentile churches and misused those letters, bringing a message that they were not authorized to bring. And that message specifically in the region of Galatia, but it got beyond that region, um, is that if you're a Gentile, you must be circumcised to be um, a part of the church. In other words, Jesus isn't enough. you got to be circumcised as well. Um, of course, that, that was a very big, big deal. Acts chapter 15, the Jerusalem Conference. Um, Paul, the second missionary journey, a lot of part of that had to do was was correcting that that very very um, not just wrong that very disruptive that very disastrous teaching um, that was brought but there's that gives you an idea that there were letters of commendation that would come sometimes and people would bring these with them so people would know that they are legitimate and there are those who had come from Jerusalem as well seemed to cause and stir up some trouble in Corinth for Paul. And Paul is letting the people of Corinth know, we don't need letters of commendation for you. You are our letter. You are our resume. We worked with you. We have labored with you for a long time. You know that we are legitimate because you have experienced this with us. So, and Paul kind of leaves that uh, and runs with this thought and this idea of just a moment of a letter written with ink as opposed to a letter written with the Holy Spirit on the hearts of people. Um, the Old and New Covenants, he, he, he jumps even more deeply into this thought of the Old Covenant was written on tablets of stone. The New Covenant is not written with ink or written with a chisel or written at the finger, the actual, like the, like the original, my goodness, um, covenant, the, the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God. 
said it's not written on stone. He says this is written on the tablet of human hearts. And this is a fulfillment of the prophet Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33 saying there is a time coming when God himself will put his law into the hearts of his people. Well, that's Jesus. Jesus fulfilled all of that. So we wrap up these last few verses, chapter 3, verses 4 through, verses 3 through 6, more more specifically 4 through 6. Paul's going to run with this theme for just a little bit of the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. There's nothing wrong with the Old Covenant. It's just the Old Covenant did not have the power to deliver someone from the ramifications of the Old Covenant. In other words, it's the Old Covenant that brings death because it does not bring the power to observe the Old Covenant, specifically observe the law. Um, the purpose of the law is to show us that we need something else. We need Christ. So I'm not going to touch on that a whole lot because the remainder of chapter 3 um, is going to dig a little more deeply into that, and that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow night. So on that note, tomorrow will be February 15th, um, and we in our in our class, 2 Corinthians class, will go, be looking at chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. If you want to get a head start and take a look at that again, we'll be talking a lot about the old, the old covenant as opposed to the new covenant. Um, we'll have a meal at 6 o'clock. I think tomorrow night is pizza night, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so come eat some, eat some pizza with us, and then after that we'll have classes for all ages. So um, hope very much uh, that you can come and join us. Hope you have a good rest of your day.